When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Joy! I'm not going to worry about your level of concern. Joy and double joy! We talking about Twitter. Triple joy! Think of how stupid the average person is, and then realize half of them are stupider than that. We love Pittsburgh, PA. We love Steeler Nation. We can't speculate and recollate. From behind the steel curtain, it's what Jin's talking about. The conversation about... The conversation uh, only on BTSC. Mm-hmm. I am Kyle Kreis. I'm getting email alerts as we speak. <laughs> I'm here with me as always is Greg Benevent. Hello. And in in this in the circle of life, mm-hmm. there is a uh, a period of hibernation. Mm. You know the the great beasts need time to re-energize and recuperate mm-hmm. as the storms and winters pass by yes and you know now super bowl weekend uh there should be 30 hibernating teams right now getting ready for the new season that that brings promise and hope mm-hmm. uh but in the age of social media there seems to be no hibernation season that's a shame just just uh just feeding just all the feeding involved but none of the sleeping but it has just as much of the being shut in a cave yes and i'm talking about Steelers social media <laughs> that's right we're back to break down the hottest takes from the black and gold online and and beyond sometimes it's online sometimes it's beyond sometimes mm-hmm. it's in in my face uh let's Let's you know. Let's start with uh, let's let's hey. Let's get to the tweets as always. Mm-hmm. Last week we came at you with Steelers have the worst fans <laughs> in the NFL. Uh, I didn't get any pushback from it from uh, online. Oh, which, uh, okay. I, I take that to mean that 
people probably weren't listening. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not necessarily. There's not always an online debate. Sometimes there's just people not uh, paying attention. Yeah. So you know, I'll, if if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll I'm not afraid to admit it. Let's <laughs> uh, let's take the tweet here from <whistles> at WTAE. Mm. Joe said it would. <laughs> Touchdown. Pittsburgh named top city for football fans. Ooh. So this is a study that comes from WalletHub.com. That's my hub for wallets. I so. Yeah. Hey, if you're if you're gonna get a new wallet, mm-hmm. I definitely would go to Wallet Hub over say uh, Wallet Depot or Wallet Bucket. Yeah. Something oh, like that Wallet Bucket. You 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 you'll get some fines there in Wallet Bucket. Uh, so Wallet Hub has the study. I mean, are, are they are they more credible than our study last week from bookies.com? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, maybe so. Uh, yeah. So uh so what they say is that Wallet Hub ranks Pittsburgh the number 1 city mm. for pro football fans and wow. by the way number 7 city for college football fans. Wow. You know, so what does that mean? Okay, well they looked into several factors to determine these rankings. Uh, and especially for Pittsburgh, what mattered mm-hmm. is the performance level of the city's team. Yeah, we're you know, we're okay. obviously a that playoff playoff caliber team every year, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the amount of NFL fan engagement. Oh, okay, so that makes sense. That that that. I mean, again, and I also noticed they judged that based on the quantity. Not the quality or the the tone or the tenor or the the way it was structured, but the amount that makes sense. Yeah, so you know these guys are just counting rings mm-hmm. and counting tweets, which sure on the surface, yeah, it makes Pittsburgh look like the best city for for football. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know the city of steel champions. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, as as we know, as as fans of what Jin's talking about know, behind the surface of all that fan engagement. Is an ugly river of of uh, of of Monongahela water that is just the, the ugly dark soul of Steelers fan base. You know, it's it's, it's uh, Ghostbusters too when the thing comes oh, up out of yeah. the tunnel. That that you know it. Uh, That's right. We've got the evil slime mm-hmm. running down the Monongahela, merging to the Ohio. Uh, so yeah, maybe oh, so wow. we're the we're the best city for football. Mm-hmm. But I, that's not saying necessarily we have the best football fans. You know, we're 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 sitting here in a wealth of football riches. <laughs> I see. It's okay. I I I was just thinking again, not to be totally stuck on Ghostbusters too. But how did they beat that evil slime? Was they said positive things to it? Remember, it was positivity that overcame it. I mean, you know, I, that's right. That's right. Steelers mm-hmm. Twitter. Mm-hmm. Oops, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, thank you. Yeah, Steelers to defeat. The evil toxicity of Steelers Twitter. We mm. need an awesome sixty soul soundtrack. <laughs> Jackie Wilson, uh, some uh, Sam and Dave, some Otis Redding. Wow, that that's a much better reference than all of Ghostbusters too. Some yeah. Donnie Iris, maybe. That's, I know at seventies. I guess if we want to turn that evil slime good, we need some Donnie Iris and a lot of Renegade. I don't know. You know, do, do you feel that Pittsburgh is the best? Uh, city for football in, in, in the internet era any city really gives you uh you can get the same experience you want in any city right well i mean okay yes but uh, but i mean it i i 
speaking from my own experience, I've lived in three cities. I've lived in Pittsburgh, I've lived in Philadelphia, and I've lived in Los Angeles. Pittsburgh is clearly the best of those for football, for football fans. And Philadelphia, you know, I mean, I was there in college for the height of uh, those teams that went to all the NFC title games with Andy Reid, and you cannot imagine the names. They would call him just in regular drive time sports radio. So that that's a negativity that's almost hard to fathom. Meanwhile, out here in Los Angeles, ah, you you have the absence of ne- the the opposite of negativity is not love. It is apathy, and there <laughs> yeah. is apathy with this team in the Super Bowl. I I mean I I've talked about it before. I was on a stand up comedy show. I remember the last time they were in the Super Bowl. It started in the third quarter. We had about forty people in the audience. Imagine oh. how many people you could get to a stand up comedy show the third quarter of the Steelers in the Super Bowl. Wow, that's uh, that's impressive. I I went I did a stand up show in Pittsburgh on the the night that Sid came back. Uh, this was like three years ago or okay. whatever when he uh, came back from his big injury. Oh wow, the yeah. concussion season yeah, is that yeah, what it yeah. was? Yeah, and yeah, we didn't have anyone at that show. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway, mm-hmm. uh, you know we live in a wealth of riches, mm-hmm. Steeler Nation. There's no reason for us to be such bitchy fans. <laughs> You know, our our fans act like we're living in uh, St. George, Utah, which is was the lowest ranked oh, was football oh, okay. city. You know, no, it was a football desert out there. So and a literal desert, I think. Okay, all I mean, right. I'm not. I don't know. I've not spent a lot of time in Utah, but yeah. So you know, all right. So we've got the bookies.com mm-hmm. study that says we're the worst fans. We've got the wallethub.com study that says we're the best city for football. Mm-hmm. I, I guess they both can be. Can they both be true? I guess. Oh so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, it's a, again different metrics for everybody. I mean that. You know, it's it's as with so much else that we talk about on the show, you, it can be what you choose to make it. You can choose what to believe. So why not take positivity with you? If you take nothing else from this show, it's that you can choose to have a positive take on things. Choose your own adventure. <laughs> All right, let's get to let's get to the X's and O's here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's start with some with some Tomlin uh, tweets this week. Mm-hmm. Um Surprisingly, not a lot of haters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, let's start with AFC North Access, hmm. AFC North News. Head coach Mike Tomlin received the most votes for coach you'd most like to play for in the Pro Bowl Confidential Players Poll. That, that's no surprise. I mean, that's just uh, it, it'd be a surprise if it was anything else. I mean, not Belichick, not Andy Reid. No, I mean, it's, 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 uh, and maybe it's because, you know, I don't know that you've seen those guys fail in other places. I mean, frankly, a lot of the players that are, you know, big right now are kind of too young to have seen that. Like, it's not like they watch Belichick, you know, face plant with the Browns yeah. or read with the Eagles when it got stale. But, um, but that makes all the sense in the world. Of course, uh, uh, this is everyone, whenever someone complains about, oh, he's a player's coach. This is literally the upside of that. This thing does <laughs> help. I mean, if you have the best players in the game saying that this is the guy that they want to play, that they would most like to play for, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that should be more than anyone in the local press has to say, right? <laughs> Shouldn't this be the bottom line when it comes to, oh, Tomlin's a good coach, bad coach? It's like, look, every these pro bowlers right. say he's the best coach. That doesn't mean that they're going to take you know several million dollars less than they would give their families to come and sign to play for him. But like anything else, somewhere along the way, this helps. Yeah. Somewhere along the way, this is a benefit. This is a boon. 
And it's not just the players. How about mm-hmm. how about this? The Tomlin haters. Mm-hmm. Let's go to uh, at by Josh Carney. Mm-hmm. Rams head coach Sean McVay called Mike Tomlin not only one of the best leaders in football, but in all sports. High mm-hmm. praise. Mm-hmm. Wish more people understood how great and valuable Tomlin is. How come we we get beat over the head with this from the outside? It's Sean McVay. It's every Pro Bowl player. It's uh you know every. Every person in the interview who talks about how great uh, Mike Tomlin was, from Vance McDonald to Maurice Claret, uh, now now it's uh, Sean McVay. Uh, you know what? What do the Tomlin haters? What will it take for the Tomlin haters to uh, to understand this message? I, I think the Tomlin haters it'll take another Super Bowl, and even then, even then they're still going to complain. There's nothing else. It uh, no, I mean it's 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 this is one of the few times that I think the first time in a while that I've been non irritated by reading Sean McVay in popular culture. I mean. <laughs> The man's done an amazing job at a very young age. He really has. He is, in many ways, the face of this next generation of coaching, and he's done incredible work. But, um, but yeah, it's nice to hear him say this since it's, you know, his coaching tree is already much, much bigger than you ever would have anticipated. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so, you know, we're not going to be able to convince the Tomlin haters, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, put some respect on his name. We say it week and week. Uh, we say it every week. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, you know, not everyone... Uh, was loving Tomlin this week. How about... Well, you know, how about this? Mm-hmm. Let's go to at PGH Steelers Now. Mm-hmm. Steelers Now had uh, this tweet. Head coach Mike Tomlin was named the second worst coach in the NFL in 2021 mm. in terms of efficiency and fourth down decision making. Mm. Now, this comes from... I mean, if you thought WalletHub and Bookies.com okay. were, uh, were not necessarily the... The, the the blue chip standard for factual data. Okay. How about Ed J football? Ed J football. You know they've they somehow they've got a model that looked at all the critical calls. We're talking mm. fourth downs, kickoffs, point point after attempts. I guess that's a critical call. Okay. Now you know they're measuring it with game something they call GWC game winning game winning. Game winning something? I don't know. Choice, critical, choice, criticalness. Maybe a, a game winning uh, choice. C is a befuddlement as an acronym here. Okay. You know, anyway, they're saying that Tomlin is the second worst coach in the NFL, uh, you know, when it comes to these de- key decision making things in games, which, hey, any, any Steeler critic knows uh, when it comes to clock management mm-hmm. or you know some of the some of the fourth down calls the haters will will say you know all day long that they knew this but uh what do you think of these Ed J football stats well one what i think is that you should have read the rest of the thing you typed up here to show <laughs> just how ridiculous this is i'm going to read it to you gentle listener the coach's play calling choices run pass field goal punt are assessed at the point of decision pre snap and rated with respect to their impact on winning the game as a result of this process all play calling decisions can be objectively classified as either optimal decisions decisions, correct calls, or suboptimal decisions, errors. <laughs> now, if that made any sense to you, and I read it in my best, like, I'm doing voiceover to sell you a Chevy Tacoma voice, I, I, that was a befuddlement to me just going through it. Yeah. It, again, it, it, it's a nerd watching the play and saying, like, ah, that was a suboptimal decision by 17% bad coach. <laughs> like, I, I, I was lost just mocking this thing. I used to be uh, the bass player for the suboptimal decisions. <laughs> it was a... <laughs> Uh, but I guess to to the point that this study makes, uh, mm-hmm. is Tomlin 
one of the key decision makings? Is he? Uh, could there be room for improvement there? I, I'm sure there could. I mean, it's I, I, I would have been fascinated, not to the point where I'm going to click on this when we're done, to see who they had as their top coaches for this. And I can certainly think of many times in this past season where, hey, I didn't like, uh, there, I felt like there were suboptimal decisions on fourth downs and all that. But how much of that was, again, maybe not necessarily play calling in the moment versus a personnel thing? I mean, how many times this season did we yell about passes behind the line on fourth down because well the line wasn't very good and the receivers couldn't get open and Ben was throwing it after point zero 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 one seconds or whatever so it you know it's it's there's a lot to go into GWC without <laughs> being covered by that acronym every coaching decision looks good or bad in in the face of the execution of the players mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. you know if it's a successful play then it was a genius call if it was an unsuccessful play then it was a you know it was a it was a suboptimal decision <laughs> i mean i look back at the think of the ravens game the first ravens game we won mm-hmm. where they go for two uh and miss to the tight end yes yes now that was definitely a coaching I guess they would still call that a suboptimal decision because it cost them the game. See, but in the moment, come on, that that was a great play call on them. It just was a TJ Watt getting mm-hmm. his fingers inches away from the guy. Right. It's it's a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback making a throw to an open Pro Bowl caliber tight end that just happens to be defensive player of the year gets in the way. Also, I'm not sure about their methodology, but man, there has to be a percentage list to about these play calling choices. Like going for going for it on fourth down in the second quarter because there's like 10 seconds and uh, you're out of field goal range as it is, has to be rated differently than going. Going forward at the end of the game on a two-point conversion that you win or lose. I mean, it's there has to be some kind of uh, uh, criticability index or something. I don't know. You can make up more acronyms if you already made up GWC. So, uh, th- I mean, I don't know where the stakes go into this thing. Yeah, and, um, this sounds like... Um, a kind of celebration of ignorance. <laughs> oh, oh. Okay, Brian, that's a uh-huh. bit much. We'll, uh, we'll have to reach out to Ed J Football along with maybe Wallet Hub and Bookies. We're going to get the <laughs> all the fringe data, you know, the, all the junk science. Some podcasts are making headlines for spreading misinformation, but we're going to do it under the radar. I, I don't know if we want have to reach out to Ed J Football, <laughs> but if you want, sure. All right, let's move on to Okay. Uh, oh, let's move on to the coaching carousel. A lot of uh, okay. a lot of coaching news. Let's mm-hmm. start with at Colin Dunlap, mm-hmm. Ike Hilliard, another Steelers assistant under Tomlin who leaves under odd circumstances and or disappoints in the impact he was supposed to make. The common denominator has to be the person doing the hiring at this point. So, okay, Ike Hilliard, uh, I mean, not fired, just not a contract not renewed. Right, which, I mean, it's just, letting someone go is the same as firing them. That doesn't bother me. I, I, I just find it so weird, you know, because, again, I'm old enough to remember Cower in that, you know, the Steelers either A, made the Super Bowl, or B, the day after the season ended, the special teams coach was fired. Those were the way you knew the season. Like, the, I don't even know if the guy made it to exit interviews most of the time. <laughs> Whereas, like, now, we're, you know, it's just, again, this, you know, a hyper-focused nation and all that where it's like the wide receivers coach's contract isn't renewed and this is seen as institutional failure i mean it's it's others had remembered it on twitter i certainly did not but apparently there was at one point later on in the season where roethlisberger actually complained on the sideline to hilliard yeah and that no. and that's you know and that and when did you ever see that at any point even with like Haley over there that so for that to have had to happen i imagine that was something pretty egregious it was it was about hot route it was about how hot routes okay and 
yeah, Ben complained to Ike Hilliard because apparently I think it was Claypool missed the hot route. And there seemed to be a couple. I mean, I remember Muth in the playoff game missed the hot route. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, I think that, I think one of Ben's interceptions this year was a missed hot route. Okay. So there seemed to be some communication issues. But I mean, Ike Hilliard a, a, a failure for Tomlin because what? Because Chase Claypool didn't put up ten touchdowns again this year. I mean, it's 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 if if you're doing this as a wake up call to Claypool, I'm a hundred percent on board with that. I mean, be like, hey, get yourself together. We gotta we gotta get on this thing, the moving train or whatever. I also do think if you're going to get a new wide receivers coach, this is probably the time to do it after Claypool uh, underachieves, and also too might have a very different wide receivers room next year. Oh, definitely. So that's definitely. so. I mean, if there's ever a time that's going to be some change, maybe bring in a new guy for that. And I gotta challenge this point. Like, oh, another assistant leaves under odd circumstances How, well what i mean so there was ba who mm-hmm. was uh you know retired right certainly that was i guess you could say odd circumstances but it wasn't it wasn't uh I mean, was it scandalous in, in any way? Well, they, well, I, I mean, it was it was scandalous in that he retired and he got a job the week later. I mean, but he was that was actually about let's try to keep Roethlisberger upright. That yeah. was the entire point of firing BA. I mean, I assume that he means it about the uh, the offensive line coach, the guy that Clem. Uh, went off to uh, Oregon and uh, uh, okay, lovely Oregon in December. That but, could um, be odd circumstances, I guess. I don't know. I just think that uh, you know when we want to find a reason to diss Tomlin, that this is the reason. Like, oh, these coaches, you know, didn't make the impact was anyone screaming that about joey porter well i think it, 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 i i would look at this as okay say it's the opposite say they retain all these people clem and uh, i kill you imagine the complaining about that oh the wide receiver claypool got worse and they kept the wide receiver coach oh the offensive line is terrible and they kept that coach too what are you doing you know and let's just hey let's talk about the guy coming into the job uh mm-hmm. freeman jackson mm. this guy played four years with the browns he's, mm. a, he's a player mm. uh spent the last two years at carolina where he had two 1000 yard receivers mm. i think i i can't can't think of many teams who did that this year no and it, it's not like they had a uh, big great quarterback play down there either. no exactly mm-hmm. so this guy has uh has some credentials mm-hmm. he's are he's already worked with Matt Canada and Eddie Faulkner at NC State. So okay. they've got relationships. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, if you're like Colin Dunlap obviously is obviously someone who uh, tries to stir, stir the pot with his tweets. I I can't, I just don't see anyone blaming anyone else for I kill Well, I mean, that's the thing is this. Have you ever watched a Steelers game in your life where they lost and then you went, oh, come on, the wide receiver coach. What were you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, more coach talk. Let's talk. Mm. Let's let's talk about our new defensive uh, coordinator. Hey. Here's at Scarpizio, mm. Terrell Austin, born in Sharon, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. played at Pitt, mm-hmm. AFC North coaching experience with the Ravens and Bengals, mm-hmm. has coached in multiple Super Bowls, mm-hmm. outside hire by the Steelers in 2019. The wheels have been set in motion. This is a no-brainer. It's just funny, I mean, in the past week, if you read from the people that have been the most critical of Tomlin in the city's media have all said, yeah, we've been critical of Tomlin, but this was a good hire. Like, don't don't be critical <laughs> about this. This was a good, this is one thing that a lot of people seem to come around again. Yeah, it seems right. This seems like a great hire all around. This is, you know, uh, uh, I was, I didn't realize Terrell Austin was that old, frankly. He was 56, but that everything, everything about this seems fine. This is a good decision. And that, uh, you know, I mean, it, 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 at most, you know, the articles about, you know, how great, 
uh, a hire this is have tried to work in something about, but will Tomlin let him call the plays? Well, he's going to be there designing the plays. It, um, so, yeah, maybe he'll call plenty of them, too. Who's to say? It is literally uh, February. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, this is this – is, very few have seen this as a negative thing. This has been the narrative. There's been two uh, two dueling narratives depending on, you know, how, how toxic you want to be. At first it was – uh, oh, another inside hire. Steelers have no creativity. Can't think outside the box. Another in, in you know, another in-house promotion. Or the second take was, oh, well, Tomlin calls the defenses anyway. This is just a powerless uh, promotion. No teeth, you know. Uh, but no one wants to just say, hey, this guy has the resume to do the job. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. No, there's there have been plenty. Like that, that's all the fans, though. I mean, the media people have more or less realized this is a good idea, and uh, and they'll fall in line as soon as the uh, the defense plays well again. Yeah, well, that's a good point. And I'm 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 assuming that we're gonna get a linebacker coach announcement. Yeah, it's the line. Yeah, what is it? Do they need a linebacker coach? Maybe a secondary assistant. Uh, the offensive line coach. Maybe an offensive line assistant. I forget what else. At um. You know what that, about is Jerry O still on the staff? As far as I know, uh, I he I is. So I mean, yeah. would they would they could they promote him to all linebackers coach, or do they need an inside and outside coach? Uh, I mean, I'd like to think they have one for both of them, but I mean, it's I imagine if Jerry O wanted to be uh, promoted, that's something they would take care of. I mean, it's not like he's <laughs> a recent outside hire. I imagine that would he he could ascend to the level with which he wanted to ascend to. I mean, I'm certainly not uh, privy to such things, but. All right. Well, hey, we got to take the commercial break. Um, We still got a lot to talk about, like all the QB1 talk. Who's going to be our next quarterback? And all those couch Colberts who, you know, think that, oh, we're going to just because we see a guy on TV, he's going to be our next GM. You know, lots to talk about. Um, Don't forget to support our sponsors and maybe listen to uh, some of the other Behind the Steel Curtain podcasts. There's uh, great shows every day. Like uh, the 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 uh, what's the there's the Australian guys the Steelers Down Under podcast those guys are pretty uh, okay. knowledgeable and uh, hey go support our sponsors. Mm-hmm. That's right, Renegades on. That means it's the second half. <laughs> We're here to come from behind for the Hopefully. victory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, although I think we're ahead. I don't I, know. I I'm, do think we're ahead so far. I, I haven't checked the scoreboard, but no. I think we're ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, let everyone every week it seems that we got to who's going to be our QB. So mm-hmm. uh, let's get to the tweets. Not a lot of QB chatter this week, but Uh-oh. when Kyler Murray unfollowed the Cardinals on Instagram like a Kardashian, uh, we got the tweet from. At Blitzburg, if Kyler Murray requests a trade, then the Steelers should most definitely try to bring him into Pittsburgh. He's worth a first rounder. <laughs> are you are you willing to to bring in Kyler Murray? I mean, I, I, if it was just a first rounder, sure. But Kyler Murray's going to take a million first rounders. Plus, there's that whole other problem with Kyler Murray is in that like I think he's he's, he's a little shorter than you. If I remember correctly, oh, yeah. if I've seen the numbers about Kyler Murray, it's something like that. But uh, no, I mean, I, 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 I mean, sure. If you could get, if you could get like the Madden game to accept this first rounder for <laughs> Kyler Murray trade, I'd go for it. The only thing that always amazes me about Kyler Murray, and I wish I'd saved this, is like when he was drafted. This meme went around from like this Texas uh, football account that basically like. He started the third game 
uh, at high school, he was a freshman, and then he never lost a game at all of yeah. high school. Then he went to college, won the national championship in the Heisman Trophy, and then was drafted first overall. Like, it's, you know, to, I mean, whatever else about the guy, he may be as tall as my mother's Basset Hound, but he is a winner. Yeah. Well, I think Joe Burrow is the same. I think he never lost until he came to the pros. I believe I, I, I believe that. Well, yeah, these first-round guys that actually aren't just yeah. Heisman. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. All right, so, that, so you're not, so a first-rounder alone isn't going to take it obviously no. so a first rounder uh next year's first no. rounder as soon as you get no. outside of what more than one first rounder i'm out because that because that's how you get you know uh that's how you sink a franchise for years that's how you trade whatever it is they did to move rg3 or whatever that was back when no 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 as soon as you get outside of one first rounder the pot is too rich for me and i am folding that i mean is, look at the rams the rams traded everything to, and made it to the super bowl this year yeah and they better win that because they got <laughs> what is it they got aaron donald who of course is amazing whatever's left of jalen ramsey vaughn miller apparently lives in this city now like yes. it's all these old guys that are hey in many ways still great and their names I've certainly heard of. But as soon as this wraps up, ah, uh, you know, it's I don't know if we're talking about the Super Bowl Rams a year or two from now either. Like, you better win on Sunday. So if you'd rather have um you'd rather have Mace and, you know, let's say we get a first round tackle, you know, one of the best tackles out there. You'd rather have Mace, Rudolph, uh, than Kyler Murray and you know, Dan Dan Moore Jr. Well, I mean, but I, but I, but that's just it. I mean, if if we're but if we're trading multiple first round picks for Kyler Murray, then we're getting like we're with like Dan Moore Jr. and like whoever's this year's Dan Moore Jr. is that's probably not going to be another Dan Moore Jr. Like another guard in the fourth round from an SEC school that maybe isn't even as far along as he was then. Do we like, even need to block with a Kyler Murray? We don't even need uh, five blockers, right? Kyler Murray is as slight as I am. That dude needs people to block for because he's he's a great runner. But as soon as someone hits him, that's it. He was he's been hurt how many times? That's true. I this mean, season, a great yeah. talent. This season, this season he was hurt. So. He's not as big as Lamar. Like Lamar can shake a guy off or take a hit. Like Kyler is. Uh, any any is Kyler Murray? How does he compare to some of these other trade talks like a Jimmy G or? A, uh, I don't know, a Kurt Cousins or... Um... I mean, the thing about Jimmy G is I just, you know, what'd they say? 20 touch... I said this before, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. I believe that's the best you could expect out of Mason. I believe that's like the apex optimal Mason season. And, uh, Kirk Cousins, I mean... Uh, you know, the guy seems a bit of a nut, but if you can get him for very little, I, I, I'd take him. I mean, that seems, you know, but it, it's but there's no way to get him for very little. There's no way to get any of these established guys for very little. Like, well, we've been tracking all the mock drafts out there. Okay. You know, hard to believe that there's already been probably uh, more than thirty uh, substantial mock drafts. I'm not just mm-hmm. any blog with a mock draft out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been keeping track of all. Oh, of them. Okay, this this is this is who. They've got the Steelers picking so far six six people six drafts mm-hmm. uh, with Matt Coral mm-hmm. Corral whatever okay uh, quarterback mm-hmm. four people with Howell. Mm-hmm. I must say, as as a person that also clicks on each of these stupid mock drafts, I, I don't know who Coral or Howell are. I confuse them for each other. One plays North Carolina and one, one play plays for Old Liberty Miss. or Old Miss. No, yeah. Liberty's it's the other guy, Willis. Willis. Okay, yeah. yeah, but I can't tell Coral and Howell apart. So, well, those are the, that's who most okay. people have us taking. Okay. Uh, next up is the defensive tackle from Georgia. Oh, good. Because uh, you had Davis here. Davis. I have no idea who Davis is. Okay. Which, you know, hey, if you, I mean, if we take Oh, yeah, big D defensive line. Line. Is he the best defensive lineman at 20? Sure. I, I could be on board for that. Yeah. So then uh, then the next most popular picks, we've got Pickett 
and Malik Willis. Three drafts have given us each them. Yeah, but they're not going to fall to 20. They're not going to fall to 15. Like, so I'm, you, I mean, you know, the, the teams that are drafting quarterbacks, it's probably going to be Washington, Saints, Broncos. Vikings. Vikings, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. And, uh, and also, too, somebody that's like just really, really wants a quarterback, too. So they're willing to trade those three first-round draft picks that I am not. Well, if, if these NFC quarterbacks come to the AFC, mm-hmm. uh, that you I mean it could just be more potential for us to draft. I don't right. know. Uh, Linderbaum is also the the O lineman from the man does look good in black and yellow from mm-hmm. Iowa. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. the only. So they're all quarterbacks except for Davis and Linderbaum. Okay. Uh, so you know the mocks out there thinking we're going QB one in the one. Well, yeah, because that's again. Remember the one thing all of these mock drafts have in common is they get engagement. So they're going to put whatever. And, of course, what's going to get more engagement than the Pittsburgh Steelers picking a quarterback in the first round? Well, I, I'm I'm keeping track of all these mm-hmm. stupid mock Oh, yeah, drafts. no, but God. that's good. But that's for the purpose of us mocking them, not for yeah. you establishing a small Malik Willis shrine in your basement. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I haven't. I haven't crossed over the line to pay for any paywalls yet. Okay, you know, that's just to see I, I a mock draft. I think I bought ESPN Plus in college, and I felt actually dirty. If I have ESPN Plus on TV, shouldn't I get the ESPN Plus content on the website? You I mean, think? I would assume. I, mean, I it's, don't know. It's, yeah, but not, enough of that. I, I um. won't even get into the lack of Penguin games on this ESPN Plus. <laughs> All right, let's get on to all these couch Kevin Colberts. Uh oh. Everyone wants to have their two cents on what we're going to do next. Let's. Mm-hmm. Get to the tweets. Uh, at Blitzburg, the Steelers' way has gone stale. Bring in new blood at GM. Lewis Riddick should be the pick at GM. Shake things up. We see, I mean, he's a Pitt alumni. Right? He's on ESPN. Uh, he's a guy that people know, so mm-hmm. we, we can get excited about. You know, he's not the Colts scouting <laughs> coordinator. He's some guy that's sat in an office and done this job for 10 years. He's a guy we've seen on TV. Yes. Let's, and, uh, and I'll just remind you of uh, Lewis Riddick's uh, mm-hmm. resume. Here we go. Thank you. Uh, courtesy of at Pittsburgh Sports, Steelers mm-hmm. Takeaway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eagles, director of pro personnel from t- 2010 to 2013. Mm-hmm. He had 41 picks in that time, 13 mm-hmm. in the first three rounds, and he drafted five Pro Bowl players mm-hmm. in that stretch. Of his 13 picks, round one through three, eight went on to be solid starters. Is that a solid track record? I mean, it's it's it certainly could be worse. I mean, it's it's whenever I think of someone from the outside, I think of the idea that you probably lose Hunt and or Khan if you bring in someone from the outside. And it, you know, whatever other problems you might have with the Steelers, they've done all right in the salary cap. Yeah. They'd be doing a lot better if there hadn't been, you know, a global pandemic. So I'd like to keep Con around, but I also, from what I understand, everyone connected to the Steelers think that, thinks this guy's really good with a calculator and maybe doesn't know how to evaluate talent. So get me the guy that knows how to evaluate talent. I like the idea of promoting Hunt and Con. I mean, that is the most status quo idea imaginable. But man, oh man, it's, it's you know, uh, that part of it's been okay. It, ba- it, it not bad putting together the talent, getting that thing together. It... I, 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 I just think you bring in some outside guy and it becomes way, way too much of a crapshoot. Even someone with a solid record. I mean, he's really have to blow the Roonies away, you know. You're right. We talk about how Tomlin came in there and blew everyone away on mm-hmm. his interview. So the, the, it would have to be something like that, that he really blew him away because, yeah. Right. You're right. We've got the, we've got, we, you know, we've got Con and mm-hmm. uh, Hunt. Hunt. Um, 
and it's like we, we we've working with Colbert for years, and you know, yeah, cap, we've done miracles, mm-hmm. and drafting, we've done, we've done we've done splendid, pretty well. You know, in the draft. I mean, yeah. I'm, you know, I, I can't go back and grade every. You have to grade every team's draft. You can't just go back and grade. You know, oh well, Artie Burns was a failure, and then Sean <laughs> Davis was a failure. You know, but you have to you have to compare to every team's rate mm-hmm. of failure as mm-hmm. far as drafting. And look. Lewis Riddick isn't, uh, you know, the second coming of Mel Kuyper either. <laughs> Let's look at his tweet. This is from 2018 at L Riddick ESPN. Here's who I would draft, stash, or pass. This is the 2018 mm-hmm. draft class. I would draft Josh Rosen. Mm-hmm. I would stash Sam Darnold, and I would pass on Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. So there's one. I mean, that's just one tweet. Uh, but you can see that. Look, this guy isn't. Um, you know, he's not the. He's not the, the flawless. Uh, I was hoping you were going to say Nostradamus. I mean, as far yeah. as Mel Kiper goes, I wouldn't want him to be the GM of the Steelers either. I mean, but isn't this also like that exact tweet? If I remember correctly, isn't that more or less a comment on like where these guys went to school? I remember Darnold went to USC. I mean, Josh Allen went to like Wyoming or some school that you know no one had ever come from. And I don't remember anything about Rosen, but he was at a big school too, wasn't he? Wasn't yeah. like UCLA or somewhere. He was at like a big school. You also seen on your television so it um you know but again that also shows how those guys in buffalo did a really really good job of coaching up allen too but um and and a lot of and a lot of this is you 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 know you're taking a chance no matter if you're drafting in the first round or in Mm. the seventh round you can't predict how a player is going to pan out in the pros because it's a lot about work ethic Mm -hmm. it's a lot about uh, you know, uh, learning technique and fundamentals that you didn't need to learn in college because you were the best team, uh, best player on the on the best team in your Certainly. conference. You know? Oh yeah, no, no, no. I mean, it's the irony is like maybe it's me and I'm a risk adverse person by nature, but I would be totally fine with like Riddick as like the second in command to hunt or some other like director of something or other that one of these other, I would be fine with Riddick or someone from the outside being like one of these outside titles of people that the Steelers are interviewing that all sound very alien and corporate to me, like the director of scouting central or whatever, you know, the guy they're talking to from the Colts or the Packers is like, if the Steelers had a position like that, that's where I could see them hiring a Riddick. But again, like a a football operation, right? We used to have uh, player personnel director, right? the jobs that sound made up but really aren't and they have like you know, they convey very serious responsibilities that have to be done and be, have to be done well but to someone on the outside sound like something that was created in a meeting yeah yeah you know some like you know the let, let the renegade guy uh <laughs> you know let add to his job responsibilities okay um one how about one more thing on these colberts because mm-hmm. uh the, the conversation came up this week about deontay johnson should mm-hmm. we should we extend him uh I'll do the tweet from Chrisberg. Okay. Deontay Johnson only had two drops on 169 targets, caught 107 of them for 1,161 yards, eight touchdowns, making his first Pro Pro Bowl appearance in year three. The rumored five years, 75 million would be a bargain for the Steelers. Get the extension done. So we're talking 15 million a year for uh, our number one receiver. And that's always a little bit easier now that I remember the salary cap is like well over $200 million. It um, Again, the first Pro Bowl appearance is only because the Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. But no, I mean, I, I, I you know, it's if you don't re-sign Johnson, well, who's going to play wide receiver? <laughs> yeah. So it's so I mean, it's it's you know, he gets I 
would give him the contract. Yeah, because he can, he is a good receiver. He can get better. I mean, it's he did, you know, some of those drops did tend to happen later on in the season and in big moments, and he certainly could have looked better in the Chiefs game. But running more of the, but, you know, it's, it's whoever the next quarterback is, they're going to rely a lot on Deontay Johnson. So I would be fine with having him here. You know, in, in reality, not a lot of, we think of all the great Steelers wideouts that we've drafted, you know, in the last 10 years, but mm-hmm. how many got second contracts? A.B. Uh, A.B. I mean, yeah. if you want to count Juju this year as a second contract, you could. Which is very unique circumstances. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, and that's only because Wallace basically balked at their numbers and there were only so many contracts to go on because they did such an amazing job of drafting A.B., Wallace, and Sanders, uh, and Manny Sanders all at the same round, all at the same, more or less the same time. But yeah, it, uh, 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 yeah, I mean, it's, that doesn't mean Deontay is necessarily better than all of those guys. I think he certainly holds his own with them. It's just he happened to be around at the right time and maybe some of those other guys weren't. Uh, if if it was more than fifteen million a year, say he wanted some of that elite money, like you know, in the twenty mil to twenty twenty two mil a year, uh, is would that be too steep, or are you are you giving him the extension no matter what? Well, I I mean I, I don't have all the salary cap numbers in front of me. I have no idea. I think I I can't imagine he would be too too crazy for wanting uh, he would want all of that necessarily. But I mean there is but so much money going around, particularly a team that does have some money to throw around, but literally needs to throw it around. <laughs> and, and they're going to be throwing it around maybe behind the line of scrimmage, maybe. <laughs> um, let's move on. How about a little uh, little history lesson, a little this sure. week in Steelers history. Mm-hmm. Let's start with at PGH Sports Date, mm. PGH Sports History. 30 years ago, uh, this was on uh, February 7th, 30 years ago, Steelers had Dick LeBeau mm. and Stevenson to the coaching staff. Uh, you know, uh, probably the, I mean, the, besides a head coach, could you name a, a more esteemed figure on the sidelines? No, I mean, it's, 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 you know, LeBeau really, I mean, in that time since then, that's when he solidified the hall of fame case was as this coordinator, as this, you know, I think, I think that, yeah, I think that it was his, because his stats as a player never changed. Right. So Exactly. Not since like 1960-something. Yeah, yeah. It was his stature as the Steelers' defensive coordinator. Something in that something in that era mm-hmm. is what drew him to the Pro Bowl voters. I oh, mean, and the, absolutely. And he, did, and he did do an amazing job at times with that Bengals defense in the 80s. I mean, those teams that were, you know, I mean, it's other than Joe Montana having one of the greatest drives of all time. <laughs> you know, that's the one real blemish on LeBeau with the Bengals. Well, and keep in mind, right. when we hired mm-hmm. Dick LeBeau, uh, the, in 91, the Bengals were last in total defense and mm-hmm. last in passing defense. I believe it. They went 3-13. and 13. That's, even, that's why LeBeau was fired, and along with the whole coaching staff. Was that the Sam Weish era? That sounds about right. That also sounds like something they would have done. I mean, I have no, I, thankfully, I can't remember the 91 Bengals, which I see as a credit <laughs> to myself. But it, you know, but also Coward. All time. How many times was Coward on that Cleveland sideline playing against that LeBeau defense and trying to figure that out? I mean, I imagine... I'm sure LeBeau did a great interview, but Coward's seen plenty of LeBeau's defenses at that point. So everyone who wants to rush to judge Matt Canada or even Keith Butler this past season, it's like, look, it happens to even the greatest. You know, mm-hmm. even LeBeau there uh, can come in last in D a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's move on to, uh, let's just do one more in history. Mm-hmm. Let's do at Vintage Steelers on this day, 2001. Uh, we said goodbye to a dear old friend. We're talking about Three River Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember the day it was uh, demolished? I do, and I still remember that to this day I've made sure to never watch it. 
really? I managed to avoid it at all times. I avoided the, the I avoided it on the news that night. I avoided it uh, whenever, even to this day, when it pops up on Twitter after this, I make sure to avoid it. I've never actually seen it. So to me, it's possible it never actually went down. Oh, okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the opportunity. I never, I saw one Steelers game at Three Rivers. It was a preseason game against the Niners that they lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did have the privilege of going down to the field um mm. you know back in the marching band days we mm-hmm. we did we did a little it wasn't a halftime show it was uh the pregame for a pirates game actually mm. but let me tell you the the turf at three rivers was legit carpet if you <laughs> fell down on that I, I don't know how you didn't break a kneecap or elbow every time you got tackled <laughs> i was gonna say that exact same thing i went to north allegheny high school and we had and very famously our high school field where we would do gym class was the exact same turf oh. as three rivers it, it, it was it was like if you can imagine it was like concrete but it was less forgiving yeah, it, yeah, you were, you were happier to land on concrete because at least you knew what was in store. This looks like carpet. Oh, it, right. It was yeah. it was horrible. How people didn't tear their ACL on every play, Steelers, the other team, unbelievable. Like, I, yeah, why weren't people just gashing their arm? Just a, oh a, man, a, a carpet burn on that would just leave a gash. I, you know, mm-hmm. uh, these guys are a lot tougher. Uh, than than we even realize. I mean, oh, we, we, it was you can't fathom how bad that stuff was to run on if you've never if you've never walked. It was unpleasant to walk on. Like imagine <laughs> running on that, much less like hitting a human being and falling on it in like a t shirt with pat. Oh my word! And the game had to be faster too. I mean than mm-hmm. on grass. So right. I you know I just the hits and everything. Ah, oh, turf. Why we ever did artificial turf is going to be one of the biggest mysteries of the. Oh yeah, world. and now we have like this amazing synthetic grass stuff that goes. Like how we didn't have that in like 1983 yeah. is amazing. You know? So yeah, I'll praise mm-hmm. I'll praise the uh, instead of grass technology. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. right, let's get to the speed round here. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start with at Mark Madden X. Mm-hmm. Uh, the naming rights for the Steelers Stadium should be given to whoever the new quarterback is, Aaron Rodgers Field or whatever. So you know it might not be Heinz Field anymore. What uh, what should be a, a reasonable? Uh, is it? It's not going to be like you know. Yinscrypto.com uh, arena. I, oh, man. I, I, I would always be afraid of Yins Crypto after what happened out here in Los Angeles. I must commend Mark Metton. I do like the bit about going overboard on getting the quarterback. He had a lovely call. He had a mock draft the other day where he had them pick a quarterback in every round, and I appreciated the bit. It, um, I mean, I, I, I'm just so glad that they kept it. I keep, hope they keep it to Heinz Field or hope they keep it to something local, you know, PPG Paints like the Penguins have. You know, it's just, just again, be, be wary of... Uh, uh, a black and gold, you know, coin uh, uh, stadium. <laughs> like, just, oh, my word. It's going to be whoever has the money, right? That's yes. usually, so the money isn't, you know, Clark Bar Stadium is the, right. the odds aren't good, you know? <laughs> right, it's not Woolworth's Field. No. Yeah. Fred Rogers Field. Now that could be <laughs> Now something. that would be greater. it's like, or was it, was it the Browns? Who did it where they made it like the name of this, they kept the name of the same what they wanted, but they sold each gate or they sold each okay. entrance. I don't know if that was the Browns or somebody else. But I'm like, I like that idea. I mean, but you're not going to get the same amount of money for it, you know, probably yeah. if you sell like gate A becomes, you know, crypto gate and the yeah. other gate becomes, you know. Oh, uh, I'm at OnlyFans gate. Right. Uh, where yeah. did I park? Yeah, meet me at oh. OnlyFans. That's where I'm going in. No, no, no. I parked by crypto. Well, then you have to walk. Like, and, uh, uh, I took the shuttle all the way to, <laughs> to Dogecoin. Okay. 
Uh, it will be interesting. Um, yes. You know, but, but I don't know. I'm I imagine pe- they'll keep the, the, the ketchup bottles. I mean, I'd be surprised if that left for the game in the Heinz Red Zone. I mean, that seems like, unless, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I Maybe hope. that's like, the, it's when the crypto king comes over, they'll be like in the mining zone and like the crypto mining will show up in the 20. I have no idea. <laughs> and, yeah, we just drain all the power <laughs> of, of Pittsburgh. <laughs> If every 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 fan in the stand just got a new Dogecoin, <laughs> unfortunately, there's no power in right. the rest of the city. Right, right, right. Yes, and then by the end of the game, it'll be stolen by someone overseas. The- <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I don't even pay attention. Half the time, I still call it Arrowhead. I still call it Mile High. Oh yeah, it's whatever. I, where the, I still call it Enron, where the Astros play. <laughs> uh, even that seems right. Wasn't right. that a new stadium name? Yes. Um, all right, let's keep going here. Let's. Let's go to uh, the Pittsburgh Maulers at mm. USFL Maulers. Mm-hmm. Coach Kirby Wilson looks good in the purple and orange. Um, I know that the Maulers were around before the Ravens. Yes. But uh, is it a weird look to have a purple football team in Pittsburgh? Well, I mean, it's, it's it, you know, it. I imagine it. I mean, one, it is weird. I mean, but it's only weird since then because of the Ravens. I mean, I, I, I'm I, too young for the Maulers thing. But I imagine if you're the kind of person that's going to tune in to the Pittsburgh Maulers whenever this actually happens, you're someone that will appreciate that. I mean, I plan to engage with this as much as I did with the XFL and, uh, 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 you know, whatever the most recent thing was, which is I would watch it if it was on at the gym when I was there. <laughs> so that's sort of my plan for this as well. I certainly wish Kirby Wilson and the Maulers the best. I mean, the shirts look cool. That's a cool little logo. I mean, I could see buying a shirt. I wish I'd bought the Pittsburgh Arena team shirt. Those oh. are pretty neat. The one that Lynn Swan owned for yeah. a while. Those were neat shirts. I wish I'd bought one of those. All but, right. Uh, well, you know, I'm going to try to watch it, but I always say whenever the XFL seasons or whatever, the Arena League seasons, even the mm-hmm. Canadian League, I'm like, oh, I'm going to try to get into it. Yeah, it's it's hard to watch. It's not good football. <laughs> let's go on to, let's jump down to at... Craig Riley from Hmm. 93.7, the so-called fan. These are next year's Super Bowl odds. Look at the other teams around the Steelers. We laugh at those teams. This is depressing. The Steelers are, uh, they have the seventh highest odds to win the Super Bowl. It's at plus 7,000 right now. Wow, they they really don't have a good chance to win the Super Bowl on February 11th. (laughs) To me, that says, that's that's a great uh, odds to put some money down on. If you were to get in on it, yeah, if you were to put that 50 bucks or something and make some real cash next year. um, No, I mean, that's fine. Again, I, I, I tried not to be depressed by looking at the odds of something that won't occur for literally another year. But, um, but yeah, it, 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 I mean, it's sure. I mean, it, by that same token, if they were very, you know, better in the odds, that would be a bizarre amount of pressure. Uh, and you as a fan would have to justify that. Like why, you know, they were like an odds on favored or something. So I think it's every now and then it is okay to sneak up on somebody. Like you don't have to be winning every single moment of when there's one game a week, 16 times a year. Yeah, what do you what do you if you're always the favorite for everything at all times, then what fun is that? What do you like you're like the Yankees or something? Well, well, and even the Yankees aren't. And look what happens when they lose. Those people get rabid. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh all right, final thing in the speed round here. Let's go to at T Morello, Tom Morello, Ooh, Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine. 
two D&D fanatics and an NFL Hall of Famer walk into a bar. Hmm. And it was a pick of uh, Morello, John Mang- Manganello, Manginello, I think. and Franco Harris. Hey. Uh, what do you think was what do you think was the small talk in that conversation? I actually I've, I've listened to Tom Morello a lot now since I have the serious and he's kind of grown on me. He seems like a nice enough guy when he's talking about music. It uh, I I don't know it. I I imagine it was like Manginello talking to Tom a lot about Franco and Tom going, "Okay. Yeah." <laughs> No, that's good. It, uh, I don't know how much sports Tom uh, watches, but uh, like I said, I, I've enjoyed Tom on the series when he explains the history of music and songs he listened to growing up. I, I saw Audio Slave once when I was in Philly when he was there. But it, It's um, probably almost guaranteed that Tom Morello has seen the Immaculate Reception, but what, yeah. do you, what do you think of the odds are that Franco has listened to Rage Against the Machine? They're probably better than you think, because I, like, I imagine like Killing of the Name of or Bulls on Parade was playing like in an airport somewhere when Franco was there. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like Franco like had his like got the Evil Empire CD on the day it came out and was like, jamming out to People of the Sun. But I imagine he's heard it like in a waiting room or it's, you know, he's in traffic and it's on the radio or like bumper music when he's about to go on. They're playing Testify, you know. Is Rage, is Rage uh, Muzak now? Is that how old we've gotten? Yes, it's, always, it's been more than 30 years since Killing in the Name of. And you can absolutely censor most of that song. And people have. So, yes, Bulls on Parade has been... This song, I've definitely heard that in waiting rooms and subways. Yeah, I mean, it's a catchy riff, you know, open bowls on parade. But yeah. So do we think Morello is converted to a fan? He's an L.A. guy, but he's think- a Chicago. Guy. Oh, is he a Chicago? He guy? was born and raised in Illinois. So I assume he's still a Bears fan, but I have I, I have no idea. I mean, it's it's uh, so I assumed he was a Chicago guy, but I have no clue. All right, let's go to the the final word here. We we've gone longer than that. We didn't have anything to talk about. We still went long. I know. Uh, let's give the final word here to at a fan sixty six Alan Fanica, Gold Jacket City. Mm-hmm. I've always said you are who you are when no one else is watching, whether in sports or life. Do it for you. Not because there is someone to impress, which I, you know, we kind of preach the same thing. You are mm-hmm. who you are when no one watches you tweet, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I just thought that that's I thought it kind of relates to what we were doing here. A thousand percent, I, I agree with that. That's a great idea, and it's and also that's something that kinds of kind of I don't know to me means a little bit more as you age because you're more aware of you. You have to live with you. You know who you are when no one's watching. So it's not like, you know, you are who you are when no one's watching. You're always watching. You're always watching yourself. So try to live up to that, too. You know, I, I, we talked last week, that wonderful quote from Tomlin talking to Vance McDonald yeah. about, you know, who do you want to be in the morning? This is a different version of saying that from uh, the great Fanica there. Decide who you want to be in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give the final, final word. I'll just give one more here, too. This is at Tom Rooney. Huh. Uh, he was replying to Duck Dodges. Mm-hmm. Du- I'm sorry, Duck Dodges. Duck Dodges. <laughs> Duck Dodges in the 21st century. Right, was- I was going to say it. I think it was definitely the- anyway. Yes. Uh, Devlin Hodges, mm-hmm. um, because De- uh, Duck has started his own podcast oh, good uh, about duck. duck hunting, but Mark oh. Madden was like, oh, another, you know podcast or something well i imagine duck hodges is, is there anyone in the world you would listen to more about duck hunting the uh, duck calls than this guy like i mean he was a legitimate pro at that too good point yeah. well tom rooney had the had the tweet to duck that also replies to us i believe you know mm-hmm. he said the man in the arena it's not mm-hmm. the critic who counts mm-hmm. not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena that's mm-hmm. a quote from Teddy Roosevelt, you know, so, you know, 
you're out there on Twitter, uh, you're out there, you know, being the the critic. It's not the critic that matters. It's the man in the arena. Mm-hmm. And he, while we're neither the man in the arena nor the critic, we are the critic of the critic, which makes us friends of the man in the arena. Well, technically, we're another man in the arena. We're in the arena watching the man in the arena. We're in the seats in the arena, yes. staring at the man in the arena. Uh, I would like to say is that um, this is this is a wonderful poem and quote if you've never read it. But uh, if you search online, and I did years ago, there's uh, the Steelers actually had this as their uh, opener to come out on the field. A montage to it, read by the great Clancy Brown, okay. who many of you know is the evil, uh, the most evil head guard in Shawshank Prison. And uh, I tweeted that out once before a Steelers playoff game. And was it found by any Steelers fans or any Steelers account? No, <laughs> it was found by an account called Clancy Brown fans, okay. who retweeted that out to their people. So there's somewhere there's these devoted fans of Clancy Brown just looking for Clancy Brown content or anyone talking about the great actor. Loved him in Carnival. Was that him in Carnival? That was him in Carnival. That was him in Highlander. I mean, the guy's been, you know, for someone that spent so much just kind of being a big, mean guy. What a wonderful career he's had. (laughs) He's got so many shades. What a great character actor. All right. Well, that wraps things up for this week. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you can always find us on social media. I'm at Kyle Kreiss on Twitter. Greg, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at at Greg Benevent. B as in boy, E-N-E, V as in Victor, E-N-T. So until next week, you know, tweet like no one else is is watching. Uh, Don't be the critic. Think of the man in the arena. Mm -hmm. Uh, And... And, and and just chill. Yeah, and hopefully no one's watching you tweet. Jeez.